we've done this for 25 years. Like it's, that's, I think the thing is like, I don't think we're that funny. When we did the reality show, there was these people on there that were smart people. They really knew what they were doing and the camera would turn on. Everyone clams up, you know, we're not smart enough to do that. <laughs> when we won the show, Guy Fieri asked my wife, what do you think about this? And she said, they've been doing this show for 20 years, but now there's a camera. Welcome to the Not Just Bagels podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Spellman. I'm here with Scott Spellman. And today's guest, we have the masters of backyard barbecue, the Grill Dads. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Who's How's that? Going? Oh, us. Oh, thank Maybe. you. Maybe. <laughs> yes, we Yeah, are. we are. Now, I just want to say something real quick. Oh, geez. So, barbecue, I grew up in New York. And barbecuing was cooking burgers and dogs and steaks on the grill. Everywhere else in the world, barbecuing means... Let's take a quick moment to thank our sponsors, Uber Eats. Whether you're in love with our delicious bagel or you need just an irresistible treat, Uber Eats will get it there for you. And today they're offering $25 off for new customers. Just enter code NOTJUSTBAGELS. Now that's a good deal. I think I'm gonna order in tonight. $25. $25, get you two heroes. Get you a dozen bagels. Making barbecue. Yeah. Brisket. Yeah, brisket, ribs, ribs pork, 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 all that stuff. Yeah. That's not our jam. Yeah. It's all grilling. Yeah, because barbecue is a cuisine. That. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we had a food draft the other night here, and I told them my best burger was a barbecued grill type of burger, and everyone was like, what are you talking about? It's not smash. No, that's the style I Backyard wanted. burger. Yeah, backyard yeah. burger. Like, we're talking third pound, half pound? Okay. Listen, you slap the cheese on it, you're flipping it over. You, you, listen, what is the perfect burger on that grill for you? What What would you say? Three ounce, four ounce? Six, uh, you say it? This is a very, very specific question. Yeah, I know, you so just made the entire dirty, right? just about burgers. Yeah, I, I, so, so me, for me, a two ounce smash burger is actually the way to go. So I like a two ounce burger, smash, lacy, pulled out, so you get those meat crispy bits on the ends, and I stack them up. Because I like the crispy bits of the burger. I like the Maillard reaction to occur. But I also use, unlike you know we were talking about earlier, I like everything on it. I like tomatoes. I like onions. I like cheese. I like special sauce, salad, the whole thing. Clear out the fridge. Clear out the fridge. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Now, you're talking on the grill with... On a flat top. It's got to be a flat top. Flat, the only way you can make a smash... Well, there's not. There's two ways. One is on a flat top. Right. The other way is in a cast iron skillet okay. on a grill. Right. A lot of people don't even know how to cook with pots and pans on grills. Grill. We use those all the time. Did you say pats and pans? I, I did. Pats and pans. Because I'm in New York. <laughs> like pats and pans. No, I'm in New York. Pats and pans. I grilled that. No? <laughs> <laughs> Burgers to us, we define in three different categories. There's a smash burger. Yep. There's what we call the backyard burger or the dad burger. And that's that third pound. That you're the bistro done. at. Yeah. And then there's the tavern or bistro burger which is like half pound and like a, think about the burger they have at a steakhouse basically. But we're both smash burger guys. Mm-hmm. Really? Sure. Not a backyard burger guy. I like it, but if I had on, only choose one for the rest of my life. Same. Be so what the heck even is a grilled dad? You're looking at it. I mean, just obviously handsome, uh, <laughs> angelic voices. No, it's um, the broad shoulders, <laughs> broad shoulders. definitely portly, <laughs> broad shouldered individual, a little challenge. No, look, hair here, here's the real thing though. We are on a mission to redefine what it means to be a modern dad. Now, we don't have New Balance sneakers and braided belts. We're not mowing the grass to avoid the kids. We're on PTAs. We're involved with charities. So we're trying to give dads a better name. Because if you watch commercials in the media, 
all you see is buffoons that don't know an avocado from a turnip. And that's just not the world we're living in. That's all we want to represent. So we're actually working really hard to change that definition. That's why we decided to do this. We can have fun. We can be self-deprecating. We can do all this stuff. But we want to carry forward a new version of what it means to be a dad. Yeah, they show, you know, the media and television and, you know, social media, a lot of the dad stuff is like Don Draper at work. So like a, you know, mean, callous asshole. Uh, or Al Bundy at home, just a buffoon. <laughs> You know, and the the reality is that that's not neither of those are true, but they're entertaining caricatures to watch. So that's really how this whole thing started. Yeah. And how did this whole thing start? <laughs> so we both worked in advertising. Faye was a founder at an agency. I was a partner there and um, we got bored. The agency grew from like 15 people to 130 people. And uh, we went from being a part of the creative process and, and really being involved in the fun stuff to doing like sales forecasting and HR compliance, right? Or, or making sure the, the beer taps were clean in the bar that we built <laughs> in the agency. That's how we got Faye to go outside for an hour. Right. So we could all get a break. You didn't tell me that. Uh, <laughs> sorry, you had to find that out here. This is awkward. <laughs> um, Can I get a cab? <laughs> we were cooking all the time. Uh, you know, we'd have like 30, 40 people come over every weekend. We ended up in LA having a restaurant um, ask us if we would do guest executive chef takeover. Um, we did that three or four times. We sold out multiple seatings. We really loved it. Um, my dad is a commercial loan officer in New York, actually, and has been for 40 years. And he said, if you ever open a restaurant, I'll disown you. Um, and because uh, it's, it's so hard. And, and there's such a low percentage and so much. Well, work. unless you're Utopia Bagels, it's so easy. Yeah, you guys <laughs> right, got it made. Super, yeah. So, we don't even do anything yeah, now. Yeah. So, just jump out of bed and then we hop back in hop back here's, and drink here's some a, wine. Drink yeah, some you wine. Guys, you guys don't spend 60 hours a week here. And then. So um, we decided, hey, we're advertising guys. We do content. Let's create a show. So we created a show called The Search for California Barbecue to really help identify what it is out there because more people barbecue in California than anywhere else in the world, but it doesn't have an identity. Created a Kickstarter campaign. I ended up getting in touch with Mark Summers. He brought in Guy Fieri. Mark Summers is the host of Double Dare, did Unwrapped on the Food Network, yep. all that stuff. And he created Restaurant Impossible. Um, and they were going to create um, a pilot for us. And then Guy got his reality show called Guy's Big Project, greenlit. And he said, I want to launch you guys through that. And we said, thanks, but no thanks. And we passed because we didn't want to be on a reality show. And uh, Well, we have enough... You know, it's easy for us to make fun of ourselves already. We don't need the rest of the country doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, there's a total, you know, he asked why, and we said two reasons. One, reality show winners don't really do much anymore. Uh, and two, um, we have no control over our narrative, right? So they have 19 hours of footage per 40-minute episode. So they can make you look dumb, smart fat, skinny. Which for us is super easy. Yeah, and um, so it's it's crazy because you feel completely out of control. Um, But we went in there and won that. And then that sort of, you know, we were going to do TV down the road. It was really going to be a blog about cooking and we're going to do recipes. And um, and the TV part just kind of leapt very quickly out in front for us. Yeah. So after we won the show, we got two of our own seasons of our own primetime show on the Food Network. And then as, you know, it came down to it, pandemic happened, stuff like that. We actually made a conscious choice to kind of go off and do our own thing, um, not de- de- dependent on kind of the machine that was the Food Network. Um, we still really, you know, have a lot of friends there. We do a lot of stuff with them. We guest judge all the time. Guys, Grocery Games, we've done some B. Bobby Flay stuff. So 
but we're really invested in doing kind of our own brand stuff and to get out of the myopic kind of grill dad's world we're working on some other stuff too through like youtube through our social stuff we do a ton of events you know because we're like a bit of a comedy team that stands up in front of crowds and we're able to kind of hold an audience and have some fun no not to do you well you know which i know that's you talking yeah i know guy said to us he said you know it's hard to fake what you got we've known him for 25 years i've known mark for the grill dad's meet well it was a dark and stormy night we don't like to talk about it it's awkward phase had that same the lights were really dark what so uh I was at Ohio State. He was at Ohio University, which are only like 60 miles apart. And um, I started working as a tour manager when I was in college and started working with a band that went to school with him. And then he quickly graduated and was our first friend with a real job and a real apartment here in the city. And so anytime we came out, we'd stay. Crashed on my couch. I stayed a couple more times without them when I started working with other bands. And um, on my day off, I would always cook as a thank you. And then we started doing it together, and that's really, yeah, really the start of it. Back in Did you guys have great beards back then, like you have now? <laughs> no, uh, Faze was a different color. <laughs> oh, man. I know. I know. Did your schools hate each other? Like, no, no, no. The, the Ohio schools, no. The rival school for OSU is Michigan. Yeah. So like, that's that's the big thing there. Ohio University is like in, in the Appalachian Mountains. It's like they're just kind of sure. stoned and love everybody. I was saying, it's kind of. So you guys had an instant click right away when you met each other. It took a while. I don't think he let me into the club that the band was playing at. Like, he denied me from getting in there. <laughs> and he was and, staying at your house? And, no, no, it's not before that. Before that. Before that. <laughs> that before that. And, uh, but we've we've had this little... He had a, no ID and a shitty attitude, so... You had a shitty attitude, actually. <laughs> I don't know, fight right now. Queens. Have you ever got in a fight? No. Not in a physical altercation. We've had a, f- yeah, a few hundred tiffs, you know, where, you know, look, if I agree with him, we'll both be wrong. So I, I just can't... <laughs> And by the way, that's another joke. Just listen to our last podcast thing. He says that. Don't out me on this, man. Come on. <laughs> I only have a couple jokes. That's all I got. That's it. No, we have to take his mic out. Yeah. He's up. That's, that's it. it. We am done. done. No, we, we've had a good time. We've been cooking. As soon as he says face for radio, we got to get Faye out of here. All right. You know, how long have you been doing the podcast thing? Actually, he did turn off my mic for a second. <laughs> I heard it. So it's funny. The Food Network. Uh, you know, we did our first season was a huge success. Um, we crushed the numbers. They were like, "Here's the numbers you need to be a grand slam," and we beat it. And so, them being really smart marketing people, changed the name of the show and then changed the time slot to a different day. Boom! Don't and, don't pull any punches, buddy. Oh, is this gonna go live? Yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> n- none of those people work there anymore. I'm sure that yeah. I'm sure the people that are there now are wonderful. And um, all us, <laughs> so we had zero marketing. If you got that time slot open again, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're welcome to come back. Um, so it was there was no marketing for it, and it was a lot of work to do these shows. You're away from your family for a long time. Uh, you invest a lot of time being around for part of the post process, and um, so they changed the name of the show. And then after the second season, they're like, "Great, let's do." Maybe let's think about barbecue. And we're like, I don't know, let's do something crazy like the same thing more than once so we can get a fucking audience here <laughs> and actually start to establish something. And at that point, we'd already realized that the the Food Network is great in a, in a credibility standpoint. It's been a huge part for us to get brand deals. Um, but that's really it. You know, it's like we joke that the night that our show premiered, it was on a Friday night primetime following a first run episode of Guy's Grocery or... Um, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, 
and we got 11 new Instagram followers and we lost three Facebook followers. And one was my mom, which was super up. Uh, yeah. Uh, she was blocked. That was different. Oh, you blocked her? Yeah. I'll tell you why later. But, Sorry, mom. But it, it was like, we quickly realized that this isn't, it's the starting line to build in a brand, not the finish line. Because you don't really get that much out of it. The audience isn't very engaged, socially aware. I mean, well, exactly. exactly. And, you know, we're brand builders. We've, our entire 20 years, we've been doing marketing and advertising and branding. And so we're too stupid to stop doing it. But we also have a, a fundamental understanding of how to build brands. And that's kind of what we've been working on so hard over the past five years. Since what, what What is important about build, building your brand? Staying true to it, not deviating. So when Mark says, you know, look, here's all these things you can do. If it deviates from what you're trying to do and build a brand, then you should say no. The power of no actually becomes your biggest kind of tool. And, and I'm sure you've experienced that a million times. What you guys do. Just with anybody in life. Like, and people are afraid to say, I don't know. Exactly. Or just be vulnerable right. and say, you know, I'm not sure, man. And this, this place has enterprise value, right? So if you guys sold it, yeah. people would still know about the brand and all the work that you've put into building that brand since you opened on the food network like if it's not true enterprise value cuz you have to show up and stand in front of a camera to do it right so you're not there's no way to like make money while you sleep there's no way to do any of these other things so for us it's like you know that's why we did the cookbook that's why our spices in 3200 days hardware stores now so the brand deals that we've worked you know it's like we took one really shitty brand deal because it was good for credibility and then we took a slightly better one and then we took a slightly better one. Like our Step curve, the our yeah. curve for success for this has been right. like this. There's never been so when a you're, Yeah, there's you never know. been a steep curve. It's just been one at a time. Tell me a little bit about the spice because it's one of the things I read about you that I was really interested. I I saw one of them had chocolate in it. Yeah, I mean, tell us a little bit because I'm. I got to get into a couple of things with you guys with right. pills and steaks with him because we have our arguments about it. Sure. But I want to hear about these spices because I thought they were outstanding. Well, thank, first of all, thank you. You know, Mark and I were approached quite a few times in the past based off our brand that we were building to do something in the spice world. And we had to make it unique to us in particular. So, you know, I actually think Mark was kind of the catalyst for the idea of like, let's just make something that's salt and pepper forward first because guess what you season great protein with? Well, salt and pepper. Yeah, in, in my opinion, salt should either be the first ingredient or not be in there. Because <clears throat> salt's, salt's the only thing in a rub that makes what you're cooking taste like a better version of itself. That's right. Paprika is going to make it taste like paprika. Pepper's going to make it taste like pepper. Salt's going to make it taste like a better steak. Yep. So if if you've got some bullshit rub that has brown sugar, paprika, and garlic powder, it's also and black burn. pepper, all above salt in the ingredient list, how do you know if you salted that properly? So that for our salt and pepper line, you know, we have one that's three chilies. We have the Mexican chocolate chili one, which is the one you're talking about, which has a guajillo, ancho, activated charcoal. It has Mexican chocolate. It's it, delicious. Absolutely it, delicious. It, it sm- you cook a steak with that. Your house smells I like know, a pure Mexican steak. I could feel a skirt steak with that, man. We've well, oh God, yes. out. well, the way we, <laughs> we just ordered them for you. They're going to be here today. <laughs> just happened like that. What's uh, your favorite spice? Ours. So what do you make? Sporty spice probably was more mine. (laughs) Yeah, Um, old spice. How many different versions of this? So we have three of the salt and pepper, and then we have another line called Juicy Bird. So Faye and I are big fans of chicken. Dry brining is a great way 
to make chicken be the star of any. You're going to get all scientific on this? Uh, Science. It's really cool, actually. So Thank you. I was kidding. There's, <laughs> awesome. there's a wet brining. I mean, that was, that was incredible. That was incredible. I just said more wine and it happened. All right. Oh, different model. Hold on. Chug it. It's just a single half gulp for Mark. Mark the tank. Mark the tank. Yeah. Uh, was that from your college days? <laughs> it's from yesterday, man. Oh, my bad. Yo, he didn't even pour his own son a glass. You didn't introduce me to his dad either. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Hey, Mark, maybe we should. You guys, eat. yeah, I think you guys. Like grilled dads. How am I going to say grilled dads? It's tough. All awkward. right, so here's the deal with Juicy Bird. Dry brining is an epic way to make great chicken. Well, actually, uh, you should ask him, have you guys ever dry brined uh, chicken or a turkey? Explain to, because I always thought. A How do you brine, make your turkey? I always thought a brine was liquid. Okay. So here's, here's the thing. I never understood if a, a brine oh, is dry. And a lot of people, oh. a lot of people think that a wet brine is going to make what you brine moisture because it's absorbing the liquid that it's in. But that's not it. The liquid is just a delivery system for the sodium. And the sodium breaks down the protein or denatures the proteins in the turkey or the chicken so that when it cooks, it doesn't constrict and squeeze out its own juices. So you know how muscle fibers like this? So you let it let go when it gets more tender. With a dry brine. I'll lean up. Um, with a dry brine, uh, what happens is the salt actually wicks out moisture from the poultry and then the salt gets dissolved and then over time it reabsorbs in so you get flavor all the way seasoned all the way through but you don't have waterlogged skin and you don't have to deal with that big bucket of terrible water and so you actually dry brine it uncovered in the fridge so you get the same okay so that's the big one don't just brush by it because most people don't get this so you do it uncovered in the fridge so you get the same juicy tender chicken that you get with a wet brine but the skin uh, i mean it's a really dry environment a fridge so the skin actually all the excess moisture evaporates off so you get skin that's significantly crispier so if you wet brine chicken wings and then cook them it's gonna you're you're never gonna get crispy. nope so if you want glass you take a spoon and you can smack the top of the chicken the skin will break that's the product we've developed and you don't here's it's one step in other words you put the dry brine all around the chicken, you know, underneath the skin, everything you want to do. Pol any poultry, by the way, we also use it on salmon as well. To do yeah, I make my own cold smoke bravo. We're going to send you guys the stuff so you can check it out because it's it's mind-blowing. You don't deal with all that shit and all that water. It's disgusting, right? In the fridge, uncovered, 24 mm -hmm. to 36 hours, take it out. You'll see the top is formed what's called a pellicle. And a pellicle is, Mark? Uh, it, it's when the outside dries and it actually makes it sticky so that when you smoke it, the smoke will stick. So you get that way creates, more flavor. That crispy well, layer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the method is typically you want to kind of start it low and slower offset. So, you know, you kind of build the fire on one side. You kind of start it there. And then you finish it by kind of re almost reverse searing the chicken if you're going to do it right. You can also just put it in the smoker and let it go and it'll do its thing. And we can talk a lot about reverse searing steaks and the way we do stuff, finishing in super hot ovens or pizza ovens or broilers, salamanders, whatever it is. But you know, for two guys that never went to culinary school, we've we've learned through the School of Hard Knocks and a lot of failures. And I got to tell you, so one thing to tell everyone, if you want to learn how to do something, Mark does this all the time, cook it a thousand times. Just it the never same changed, thing. Never, never changed. changed more than one variable. Yeah. So you always know what you're doing. Yeah. It's like something goes wrong, then you learn. It's yeah. something. And it's funny, people just want instant gratification, right? Oh. That's why their food is shitty. It's like Larry Bird knew the dead spots for dribbling, dribbling in the, you know, the court. And the court. Not because someone told him, but because he'd played there a thousand games. Yeah. 
So for us, it's like the for a steak, when I got good at cooking a steak, I bought the same size ribeye from the same butcher the same. every weekend for a year and a half and cooked it on the same grill. When he figured it out, I said, so what do we do? And then I, <laughs> and then I usually claim the instructions. Well, yeah. yeah. Now, now, is there a certain amount of time a steak should be seared? Ah, I love I this. I love this. I love this. So What, what steak? Yeah, okay, so let, let's say it's either a, a porterhouse or a New York strip. Currently so in the so, same ballpark. So strip, strip is boneless. Well, no, porter, porterhouse isn't. So. Oh, but, okay. I, yeah, the, what it, has a bone? For both of those, it would depend on the thickness. Well, depends on, so let's say a two to three inch steak. Is so a big difference between. So here, so you have to do that. In order to do that properly, you need to cook it two different ways. Okay. Because if you cooked it hot enough to get a sear, and then kept it on that heat to cook the steak all the way through. Blown. The outside would be blown, and that's when you get that gray ring around the outside, and it's almost rare in the middle, and that's okay. shit. So that's why we do reverse sear. We'll put it in a smoker at 200 degrees and cook it slowly until it takes up to, like, 120. We'll take it out, let it rest, and then sear it for two minutes aside to get the crust. So 100, 120. <laughs> that's what I do. Here, 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 and he's screaming at me. I'm on the barbecue doing exactly that. And he's like, don't do that. You're going to... The the opposite of that is called the steakhouse method. Right. Okay. And so you sear first and then let it rest and then That's put it right. And you put it back in the oven. All right. They're both, they both work. Well. Sure. <laughs> we, we, we probably prefer the room. <laughs> no, but I'm not... But I, I love that, that yours wasn't going to not work. It's just like, I was like, yo, let me do... It is It is slightly inferior. I, I feel better eating this steak right now. All right. All right. <laughs> Good. No, but it's it's something that's... It's it's one thing we love to teach people is, you know, people also are like, wait, how long do you let it rest? An hour. On the counter, so let it go. Walk away. Have five beers, because that's typically what you be drinking about now. All right, five, five, six. No, depends. Four. Beer. Well, I'm sorry, twelve. Just this is Mark twelve. Tags, gay. Here's feel like the two of you might have a really fun side. That's strange. Here's why the reverse sears matter. Is because you know, Faye. I'm gonna hang with you and drink some wine, man. Smoke a cigar. Faye's talking about letting it rest. The good thing about the reverse sear is you can do the first part and leave it on the counter. And then when you're when you find when your right. friends are there, whatever, all you gotta do is throw uh, on cereal so before they come. You already yeah. got the main bulk done. It's done, and, and then you get to there not waiting around the barbecue. Like, Yo, let me get a piece. Like it's a lot annoying. A lot of high end prime rib houses, they cook them early in the day, and then they and then they hold them, and then they they blast them Salamite. 550 degrees. Yes. Wow. Let me ask you guys this: Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. <laughs> it's whatever the hell you want it to be, yeah. as long as I get to eat it. And you missed out, Owen. <laughs> yeah, we almost had a dirty water dog on the way over here, but then we thought he's like Sabretts. He got his nose in the air. He's like, I feel you don't something. want to get a dirty water dog in Times Square and then spend an hour and a half in an Uber, and then an hour, an hour sitting down. Yeah, you're gonna have a you're gonna mind. have a safe place. Faye would have been the only one on the podcast. That's true. You, try, you actually, and that's right there for anybody. Yeah, no one wants that. I have nothing to say. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> So we're gonna play a, a game right now, right? Oh, we I love call it. Uh, you guys probably heard of it before. It's fuck, marry, and kill. Okay. F, yeah, F, marry, kill. Love F-M-K. it. FMK. Okay. So this is for grills. Propane, charcoal, pellet. Uh, I would kill pellet. Menage a trois. What? Um, <laughs> I would fuck charcoal, marry propane. Oh, no, man. I think I, I would actually, I think I'd kill propane. The guy lives in California. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally. 
What does that mean, man? I've got I got sixteen fucking grills in my back. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I think I think I'd, I'd fuck charcoal, and I might I might marry propane. Uh, I might marry a pellet. I'm shocked <laughs> that Faye would marry pellet. There's no high heat capability in those grills. So why don't you? But that's what marriage is all about. There is no high heat. Uh, it's just it's just even. It's, it's just even two fifty. It's all just time. a complete lack of flame, right? <laughs> that's that's how you went for it. And, and how do you how do you feel about wood grills? Um, like a, like an offset smoker or yeah. they're great, but there's a it's, ton of work. It's, t- it's too much work. I mean, you know, there's five thousand to ten thousand guys who have an offset smoker that they bought during the pandemic that's in their backyard with a family of mice living in them and weeds yeah. around it. It's, it's just not, it's not practical. It's fun, but it's like, we, you know, I have a company I run. You're not making burgers on We have this. You're married. I've got, you know, I've got a son that I love to see on the weekends. I don't want to spend, you know, 12 oh, hours. You see him now? If, if he allows it. Now that he's at Grilled Dad. Oh, right. He's capable. He's capable. He's, uh, he's able but it's, it's impractical. It's, you know. It's, What's the pros and cons of each group? Oh, uh, gosh, how much I mean, time you got? Uh, pellet, is, great question. pellet is set it and forget it. Which is nice, um, but the high the high heat performance is shit. So like, no searing on that. Yeah, well they they say that they do, but if if you use a cast iron skillet, you can sometimes get a sear, but you have to use another device. But he's right; it's if, it's not a high heat vessel. If you buy a pellet grill less than fifteen hundred dollars, and they told you you can sear on it, you've been lied to. Um, probably, I'd put probably, that, I'd put that probably higher. more. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is with the pellet grills in the winter. And yeah. you've got these little tiny... They sell holders. blankets they can't even get. They yeah. sell blankets for them. Why would yeah. you need a blanket for a grill? If it's, um, if it's a shitty grill, you need a blanket. Propane, you get high heat, but you get ease. It's just the easiest thing in the world. And they always have hot spots, and it annoys me. And, it's, and if you want to punch your man card, use charcoal. And what's the pros and cons of charcoal? Charcoal... Fl- well, you can do anything with charcoal. Yeah. You can do... Uh, Dirt, cleaning it. That's the con. Yeah, you can, you can sear a steak at 800 degrees. You can... Uh, you know, cook twenty four hour cook a brisket for twenty four hours at two hundred and twenty five. Like a big grain egg. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think that's kind of the it may be one of the most perfect grills because you can literally do anything on it. You can bake breads, make desserts, salads, you name it. All Maybe of the it. sponsorship. But yeah. but you get home on a you Tuesday mean ninja night. wood fire outdoor grill? You get that's our a, favorite grill. You get home on a Tuesday night and it's six thirty and no one's eaten yet. And you've taught all these grills you you and you get somebody fed propane's gonna do it the best, the fastest. Yeah, or electric. Yeah. It's the king of the backyard barbecue, the propane grill. I mean, it's just, you know, look, you, there are two grills that you use growing up, right? There's the, the kettle grill that you, the hibachi, whatever you get at the grocery store, it's 75 yep. bucks. You throw some three charcoal legs, in it, yeah. three legs, that whole thing, the tripod. You know, I knew a girl once had three of those. And uh, <laughs> doesn't even make any sense. It doesn't. Came everyone, loved it. everyone loved it. <laughs> we, we all know any city. We all know any girl. <laughs> I we all know that one. We all know that one. Yeah. I know a courtesy laugh when I hear it. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, but then, you know, it's either, it's either that kettle grill or it's a propane. And these are the ones that, you know, big box retail, your father, you know, either willed you, gave you, whatever. And so those are the things you learn how to cook on. But once you understand the science and the technology behind fire and smoke and heat, it gets really fun. It's such a gateway to, like, make anything and everything on a grill. Yeah, I mean, a $100 kettle grill is how we figured out yep. how to grill. You know, and it's like we were talking about before. It's like it's more than one thing. You know, it's like, do you know how to light the charcoal? Did you season the meat properly? Are you doing two-zone cooking? You know, it's like. What kind of charcoal? Yeah, and, and, you know, we are, people always try and get us to be a type of grill, like 
people. Like we we, have, we pick a side, right. um, but we always say it's like use what you got. Right. You know, if and when use your money maker. When people ask us what kind of grill should I buy, we ask them what's your budget. What are your three most favorite things that you want to make on the grill? Mm-hmm. And then we can answer it. Yeah. And what are your most three favorite things that you want to make on a grill? If you have people over. I don't invite people over. <laughs> I was just going to say, Mark doesn't have anyone over. I think I'm the only one who goes over. I mean, for me, I love to showcase how you can make vegetables on a grill. I think it's one of the most uh, least utilized things, like throwing cabbage in the coals or potatoes and Japanese sweet potatoes, like wrap them in foil, poke a hole, throw them in the coals and just let them do their thing, char the outside of it. And it's just this beautiful, amazing vegetable uh, that we use. So I love doing that. Also, like living in Southern California, tacos, man, like skirt steak tacos, carne asada, street tacos, ancho rubbed, all that kind of stuff. Birria tacos, yeah, all of it. Vegetables is is interesting, though, because um, it's one thing that at home, if you cook inside, are never as good as a restaurant. And the reason is the heat that your indoor appliances can get to is limited. But on a grill... Like if you're cooking direct in the coals. Like broccolini. If, oh, yeah. If you're cooking exactly. on the grates. You're going to get a char that is going to beat anything you can do inside. And it's such a hot environment that any moisture that comes off evaporates yeah. instead of steaming. Yep. So because it happens so fast and it's uh, the vegetables. I love, I, I love cooking like asparagus. It, oh, yeah. It, or, or even a whole head of cauliflower. Or even roasted carrots with like a honey miso glaze. Like that kind of stuff. Like. Imagine like getting that char and that smoke flavor in there. It's just something you, to Mark's right, you can't get at home. And very few restaurants do it the way we do it as well. So, but for me, it's steak. It would be steak. That's kind of the signature. What, but, but what kind yeah. I, I know this answer. What cut? It depends on how much I like them. T- today, today, what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing to eat right now? If you guys came over, I got some Omaha steaks with freezer burn. Dang. <laughs> you're right. Hey, listen. You're in okay. I mean, let, let me re... Now, what the... Without McGraw. Oh. Uh, well, I have some American Wagyu picanha. Uh, well, like, I would make you guys a hanger steak. I'd make you a delicious hanger steak. That's what I'd do. P- picanha is the perfect steak. You know, it's also known as like culo or sirloin cap. Um, it's got the tenderness of a New York strip. It's got the beefiness of chuck, but it's and it's got better marbling than a ribeye. So to me, that's just the now. What is this? So this is so the picanha steak. You may have, you've probably had it before. Have you ever been to a churrascaria, a Brazilian steakhouse? Yeah. yeah. You know when they have the swords, they got the the steak yeah. on the swords of like seas. That's picanha. So they sear that classic fat like cap. Fat. Yeah, it's a big fat cap. Yeah, that's. A, and they usually put them on in in these sections and shove them. Yeah, yeah. Sword. There's like three on these. Exactly. Right. That's picanha. It's the softest, red card, green softest card. fat. Yeah, exactly. It's the softest. What's fat the red animal? <laughs> um, so you can actually I've it before. You can actually, if you're, if the steak is room temperature, you can take your hands and rub it over the steak, and the the fat melts on your fingers. So it's like butter. Yeah, it's, tallow, man. It's legit. Wow. Yeah. So what's the grill pavilion? Let's talk about that. Uh, well, the Romans built the grill pavilion. Uh, it's, some people is right. It's right next. It's right next to the, the pantheon. No, it's right next to the pantheon. The pavilion is another pavilion. Let's talk about the grill pavilion. You're talking about the one that we're gonna. Oh, at Mark's house. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty epic. Go ahead, Mark. He built it. We're gonna do one at the farm though. It's gonna be great. It's just one propane grill, right? What? Just one. Propane. That's it. It's all we got. 
We're so totally funny. All the stuff we talked about, though, it's like the the most common grill that I use uh, for the family is the Ninja electric grill. Um, it heats up in two seconds and it makes the chicken so crispy. Um, but we have a flat top grill there from Loco. Uh, we have a Memphis pellet grill, which is like the Lamborghini and pellet grill. Um, that one really can sear on, but it's like seven grand. And Napoleon. Uh, Napoleon for a gas grill. I have a Baker's Dozen Big Green Eggs. Um, what? We have, not, we have a lot of big We green have eggs. a lot of Big Green Eggs. I, I mean, it's like, if I could only have one grill the rest of my life, it probably actually would be the Big Green Egg. Uh, Why? You have 13 of them? Right? Not really. But, not really. Well, between the two of us, we do. Yeah. Um, but we have, you know, it's actually funny. It's... Uh, we have an XL and a Mini Max in there set up at all times. The Mini Max is small, and I couldn't really wrap my head around why I would want to use it. And then now what we do is we set up the big guy as like 300 degrees indirect cooking, and then we set the little one up at like 700 degrees. The surface of the run. Yeah. So now we've got for reverse sear for whatever we're doing, we can we've got a sear station and a low and slow. Well, also if you want to really impress your friends, you do a low and slow tomahawk ribeye let it rest, and then you shove the tomahawk into the coals in the Minimax and just brush off the coals. Yeah, it's oh, like yeah. full-blown caveman style. It's so awesome. <laughs> it's uh, kind of on fire. <laughs> but we do, we do a ton of flat-top cooking now, too. Yeah, yeah, pizza ovens back there. Yeah, yeah I do. I have a Fontana Forney pizza oven back there, wood-burning. Um, which, by the way, like the first couple of years of having that, I hated it. Um, and then uh, we started working with a company. Not like We're not sponsored by them. We just have a good relationship called cutting edge firewood and it's like triple kiln dried and it's meant for restaurants dude i put three pieces of wood in there with one of those little haystack lighters light it with one little match Opa. Uh, light it with one little match and then come back 15 minutes later the oven's at 750 degrees you know what i bet that we can make a great pizza bagel in the oven but nothing like utopia bagels of new york and queens so if you're around the area or if you just want to find them online make sure you do because utopia bagels is probably the no it is the best bagel shop in all of new york and quite possibly the united states of america and abroad and the world and the world it's funny that noise that mcgraw's playing is actually what i hear when faye talks <laughs> it's funny i don't hear anything you heard it double yeah. <laughs> I did play the parents over a microphone uh, of the Peanuts in the eighth grade uh, performance. The Grilled Dads, everybody, live at your local top. It's a utopia bagel. Have we done anything that's not going to be edited out yet? No, we we have only about thirty five seconds in actual real time. Welcome to the Not Just Bagels. You guys haven't did like a comedy club. It's really funny. You said, "Do you remember this just happened?" So. Uh, the comedy store in the improv in uh, in LA actually know the owners of that place and they saw us do some stuff uh, online and our infomercial and some of the shows and he's like hey would you guys ever consider doing like an opening act you know job for a comedy club and I'm like well Mark's not that funny so I'll go solo I'm happy to do it so they're considering it right now I didn't tell you about that yet but I'll, I'll let you know at another time yeah you've noticed that once you said you were going to do it by yourself the deal stalled it is strange that they haven't called me back yet, but I'm gonna I'm gonna catch up when I get back in LA. And I always say that Faye thinking he's the funny one is why this works. What do you mean? <laughs> no, we like we just you know what, man, you can't. We've done this for 25 years. Like it's that's I think the thing is like I don't think we're that funny. Yeah, well, when the when when we won the show, Guy Fieri asked my wife, "What do you think about this?" And she said they've been doing this show for 20 years, but now there's a camera. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know, it, it really is it. And I think the authenticity is why it works. It's funny, when we did the reality show, there was these people on there that were smart people. They had a really solid point of view from a food standpoint. They really knew what they were doing. Um, and the camera would turn on. And they freak. They Clam up. Freak Everyone out. clams up, you know. We're not smart enough to do that. No. You don't even know. There's no cameras here. And, yeah. You know, that's the thing. It doesn't matter. Even if there was, right in my face. We just don't care. But the only, t- I mean, if we're being us and doing things that are authentic to us, it's always easy. Yeah. yeah. Also, it's not difficult to hang out with guys like you either and do this. And Utopia Bagels of Queens, just so you know, uh, if you want great bagels and anything else, whether you want Alice <laughs> chips, water, coke, sodas, you got everything here. Utopia Bagels of New York and Queens over here. I'd definitely check it out. Except for Ninja products. And why do you guys work with Ninja? I, so I, I love how you're saying, if, I wish you could see his face right now. It was a very like suspicious like statement. We got a call and said, hey, we have this new grill coming out, the Ninja Wood Fire Outdoor Grill. And then uh, they sent us a picture. And we said, that thing? That little thing? So, man, we, we have green eggs and giant grills, and we, we, we cook with fire. And, by the way, we're also, we were in the middle of negotiations with a major, major brand. brand. Yeah. Bella Grill brand. The largest one. So, it starts with a T and ends with Agar. So, um, <laughs> was I not supposed to say that? or Green Mountain? Great. <laughs> Mark? No. We, we sent us the grills. To, they said, no, let's just send it to you. You know, you guys said, you know, we're, just so you know, we're not your normal influencer kind of people we're going to tell you it's not about money like it would be true to our brand back to the start what we talked about if we don't like it we're not going to endorse it period end of story no no we'll send it back to you no hard feelings well there was a dollar amount that we we're available to endorse it if it sucked but we it, don't but, think about that oh sorry man <laughs> sorry we don't try to be authentic for we don't he's saying that for green mountain we don't no, com- we don't compromise <laughs> just in case we listen all right all right thank you clown <laughs> Shit. jesse you guys knock it off so he said the grill. I called Mark. I said, "Come on, man! Like this is this is not, there's no way, no way this can crank out food." We both tried it, and we called it. We, I don't think we even wanted to call each other. So I was like, "Man, it works really well." And I did it in a third of the time. And my family's like, "Can we have more?" And he said the same thing. And we called him back. Said, "All right, well, if the deal's right and you want us to do this, but this is literally us jumping all in in the category that we're known for as the grill dads." All in with the Ninja Wood Fire Outdoor Grill. And they said, and they're really nice people. I, I'm dead, dead serious about this. They are some of the nicest people we've ever worked with. And we'd rather have nice people we have good chemistry with and can hang out. We're too old to like deal with bullshit and politics. We don't do it anymore. And the grill works. And so we are actually huge advocates of that. Well, what was like the best thing that cranked out? You want to talk about the smoke? Because that's, that's yeah, the thing it, that got us. It has a little pellet hopper. Tiny. Um, and looks like the size of a deck of cards. Eight inches or so? Um, inches. There's, they're probably going to hear this, not so. so. There's a camera right there. (laughs) So, so it's the size of of a deck of cards. And the reason why it's so small is because the, the grill is powered by electricity. So all the heat comes from the electric. So the pellets are just flavor. So it's just an ingredient. Whereas if you have... So if you have a um, a pellet grill, like a traditional pellet grill, like an agar, um, then, and if you're cooking at 400 degrees, you don't get wood fire flavor because the the pellets are burning so hot to try and get that thing up to 400 degrees that there's, it burns so clean there's no that there's no smoke. So you actually, 
don't get any smoke at a high temperature on those. So it actually makes sense, right? So if you have a convection oven that's sucking in the smoke from a little hopper, and that's not your fuel source, the electricity is, and you're using the coils to actually cook it. So you're even cooking right off the bat. And you can get this thing lower, by the way, really low, in fact, low and slow. Um, you're getting more robust smoke flavor than you could ever get from any of the other pellet grills. So we are like, well, holy shit, you kind of get both. And I don't have to have it all the time. I don't have to use it if I don't want the smoke flavor or pellets. It also dehydrates, air fries outside, which is epic. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but like I'm on the air fried train now. I love to make air fried potatoes and all this stuff. I mean, it's delicious. The stuff yeah, when they sent it, you know, we had a talk and we said it has to be, it doesn't, do what it says. It doesn't have to be the best grill in the world, but it has to do everything that they say it does. Um, and it does, and we just, you know, organically use it all the time now. It's for the ads. And you can't, you know, it, it's for people with apartments that can't have charcoal and other types of stuff. It's for, it's great for like, if you have a generator, you can go out to a tailgating thing. It's great for camping, football, football games, all It should stuff. be the official grill of New York City because 100%. you can have it on a patio. Yeah. Um, whereas like a full-blown pellet grill, gas grill, charcoal grills against the law, you can have this thing and it's, it, it does great. Yeah. Soon it might be the official grill of California for everywhere. That's true. That's you're talking about it. <laughs> the gas inside whole thing. Yeah. It'll never happen. I don't know. The poor Korean restaurants, by the way, the cream. We literally put them out of business, yeah. All right, so now we're going to do a round we call the proofing round. Okay. So I'm going to ask you 10 questions. You guys give an answer. I'm taking Wait. my shoes. Each Should we each answer? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Actually, no. Faye, just stay quiet for this. <laughs> oh, hey. Listen. He got it. He's I, got it now. He's got I'm it now. on a ship here. No, uh, we want both these. All right. No, no, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to sit. That one went. I'm happy. <laughs> Yo, guys, chill. <laughs> My, I spilled my wine. You know, you got to proof a bagel, right? So we got to do the proofing around. Got it. Little corny. The Girl, proof sorry. is in the proof. Oh, no, I got another little whirl. It's just the... Uh, make, make a button for that on the little... Thing. You you should actually... More wine. Thank you. Faye should say it. Uh, more wine. Sponsored by Utopia Bagels of New York. That's good. All right, let's proof this. So what's the square root of 2,400? No. 11. <laughs> 17. <laughs> 11. How do you order your steak? Uh, medium rare. Medium. Favorite cocktail? The next one. <laughs> uh, mine, currently is Don, mine currently is tequila blanco with soda water and a lime. Top shelf margarita. Favorite side? Good. Mine is corn. Any any type of corn, period. Cream spinach. Ooh. Favorite brand of hot dog. Oh man, we just went through this. I'm gonna go Hebrew National. I was Hebrew National, but we did a test with McGraw and I ended up choosing Nathan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's my dog. All right. But, but uh, honestly <laughs> What we didn't say anything about Dude, you were, else. You were pointed on holy places when you said that. Okay. That's my dog. I was like, That's my dog. Um <laughs> But honestly, Mark might sleep over now. <laughs> yeah, it's only 15 blocks. He can't walk that far, but he can get an Uber. Oh, but uh, due to a slight error in the <laughs> due to a slight error in the way that the hot dog tasting happened, Boar's Head was left out, and that's actually my favorite. Yeah, but uh, Boar's Head, Hebrew National, Nathan's. They get Boar's Head, Holy California. Oh yeah, we get Boar's Head everywhere. Absolutely. Yep. We get everything in California. I get, I get it in Idaho. We're the fifth largest economy in the world. We get everything there. And we got property in California. Why are you putting down California? Yeah, why are you putting down California? Favorite cheap <laughs> beer? PBR. Pabst Blue Ribbon. Best flat top grill? Loco. Loco. 
Favorite vegetable to grill? Asparagus. Cabbage. Biggest steak you've ever cooked? 64, no? That, I mean, well, house. When, does it stop beca- when does it stop being a steak and become a roast? <laughs> That's true. One cause or not like a seven bone? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this on a bone, like a rib. But we've done seven bone rib roast, so. Uh, pro- I mean, we did that monster I mean, did prime rib. But I was gonna say that sixty-four porterhouse was like that giant, that like fourteen-inch thing porterhouse. That, we did. That's, that's probably that, the biggest sixty-four. I, honestly, it was like four, four inches. It was pretty insane. The moment you realized you loved cooking. <laughs> For me, it was when I couldn't finish my mom's meatloaf. The meatloaf over there is whack. It's whack, man. You want no block? That was blocked. Yeah, she's she's no. That there's many reasons that Cheryl has been blocked. And I feel I feel comfortable saying that because she doesn't know how to listen to a podcast. It's true. Uh, say it even if she did, I would. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Call her right now. Uh, Trust me. We'll tell her on the way back. Uh, for me, it was I, I've told the story a hundred times, but I was uh, living in upstate New York in Newburgh, New York. Uh, we were in the process of moving, and we stayed with my grandparents for like six months while we were waiting for a house to be ready. And I woke up at four in the morning to a beautiful smell. And I went out there and my grandfather was standing there in his boxers and Francis Mazzarelli, Francis Mazzarelli cooking pork chops on the Weber. And I was like, hey, Papa, what are you doing? He goes, I'm cooking pork chops. And then he smacked Mark in the head. Yeah, just like knocked him down the stairs. Four in the morning. This is when you cook pork chops. Uh, So the rest of the summer that we lived with them every single day, I went out with him and cooked on the Weber kettle grill. And that was at four in the morning. Yeah, I, and what is with old Italian guys and eating pork, full-blown pork chops for breakfast? Were you in your boxers, too? No. No, I was wearing my jammies. But Gampy was. <laughs> I was wearing my He-Man onesie. Ew. It's nasty. Favorite grilling tool? Tongs. Uh, I would say my Thermapen, like my... My thermometer. It's my favorite thing to use. Class answer. Yeah. The tongs are the master. But don't yeah. clank them, man. Don't clank them. That's cliche. It's not modern dad. We don't clank them. What if you have gold tongs? That, then you clank the shit. Then you, yeah, then you <laughs> all, in fact, in everyone's face, you clank them. Yeah. yeah bling tongs. Yeah, bling. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. Bling bow. This has got gold tongs. I love it. Not nah, gold tongs. Like no. said, oh, gold tongs. I didn't say tongs. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love these questions. No, these are great. They're easy. Yeah, it's so easy. <laughs> that was the proofing round. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing that we did. Ten. You guys didn't even yeah. say like, all right, last question. Tonight, I made a Scotty proofing round. One, and I want one to do this quick. Yes. All right. Here we go. Hot dog or hamburger? <laughs> uh, Can you put the dog on the hot dog or hamburger, man? <laughs> Let's go. Uh, I, I'm going burger. I'm gonna go dog. Damn, I need mustard or ketchup. Neither. They both suck. That's not true. Mustard. Okay. Type of steak on a grill. Uh, Picanha. I'm gonna go something. I'm gonna go skirt steak. Inside skirt steak. Centiva or Ithaca. <laughs> I'm hybrid. <laughs> I'm hybrid all day. Just uh, FYI. I live in Idaho, so I just like to make it clear to the authorities that I don't. Participate in either of those things. I live in LA. Bringing about. I love it. Favorite band. Let's Tom Petty. Who I know gonna hang out in there. Favorite morning host. Carson Daly. Oh shit! I was I was gonna say the same thing actually. You're sorry. The same thing. Favorite network food 
Food Network judge. Me. <laughs> he is, he's an asshole when he judges. It's terrible. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna actually gonna say Manichuan. Okay. Oh my God, M- Mini awesome. Buddy is first. Here we here we go. KFC original or crispy? Uh, the I'm gonna crispy. say crispy. Yeah. Crispy. Favorite food? Pasta. Uh, man, I'm gonna go Indian. And here, by the way, it's, it's honestly like. We're gonna the bookend. The bookends of my day are bagels and pasta. No, but my my Asian. Now this last one. Why do you have bagels in Idaho? They're not great. Actually, there is one place that's decent if you catch them right out of the oven. Now, yeah. now the last one, I'm gonna give to you know. I I say the original guy of podcast. What's your favorite curse word? Uh, it's <laughs> terrible. It's not. That is the fucking worst one. Dude, uh, do you guys not hey, do you guys not know the story behind that? It's a fucking curse word. No, so, it's the worst. It's so here, here's the, but the reason why that's funny. So they, when the movie Old School came out, they did the uh, Inside the Actors Studio, and Will Ferrell was the guy from Inside the Actors Studio interviewing himself and the rest of the cast, and they said to him, they're like, "What's your Dude, favorite the- swear word?" Uh, you know, and he asks says James Lipton, and then Will Ferrell says crap, and then they go two people down, and he just leans forward, he goes. I'd like to change mine to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fuck you. I mean, that's not, that those two words together are probably my favorite. But it's an endearing term. It's not actually meant in a derogatory way. Right. We do use the F word. Like oh, you, that's that was your know. answer. I thought you were just talking. I no, I read. I, I thought that was just a genuine <laughs> feeling around. No, no. You guys are like, you answer. <laughs> but that, you know, I I had to give my last one to to the man. Yeah. No. To Lipton, man. James, he was, to me, you know, when you look back at things, really the originator of basic podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. What is this? Johnny Carson. Well, it's something we're doing now. It's relevant to what we're talking about. But, you know, that's how, you know, what I felt. That's why I put that last one. That's great. But, like, Johnny Carson is, like, it was a 90-second superficial interview. Right. You didn't really get any information. Exactly. This should be called Inside the Bagel Studio. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what are you guys doing tomorrow? Uh, Tomorrow morning we're doing the Today Show and then flying to L.A. That's awesome. To go do KTLA on Friday. And and what's going on on the Today Show? We're uh, doing... uh, That's a big thing, though. You know, we've been really lucky since we've started, you know, since we be- became the Grill Dads. Actually, a funny story. We started out being called Dads on Grills. And the problem is if you say it really fast, it sounds like something else. Yeah, the Food Network uh, guy was like, Dads on what? Dads on, what'd you say? We're like, like yeah, we should grill. Not, not girls. So, yeah. yeah. So it was, a little, it was awkward. Term. Yeah, but that's, no. That's our only fan. Yeah, it's, 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 only, it's our only fan. Yeah, $29.99 a month. <laughs> Wow, it's we we went up. It's free action. <laughs> yeah, did you say twenty nine? Two ninety nine. What? Yeah, no. It's tomorrow. You know, it's it's gonna be awesome. We're gonna do um uh, some grilled chicken dish tomorrow. Mark's up first with the very best grilled chicken, and then I'm gonna make up Kanye. But we're well, we're promoting the our cookbook. So cookbook came out uh uh just a little over a year ago. Yeah. Um, had a great first run in spite of tons of issues with our publisher with uh, supply chain. Um, and, uh, oh, and also people liked it and they bought it. Yeah. That, well, we outpaced what they guessed we were capable well, of. And they, they I said, don't know. We didn't think you guys would sell any books, so we didn't order too many. Um, and we sold them out. So, so um, but we got lucky. So uh, 
Barnes and Noble actually last year had us in like the top five outdoor cookbooks of the year. And we were in there with Rodney Scott, uh, Matt Horn, like uh, Pig Beach, like Pig Beach. What is the book called? The best grilling cookbook ever written by two idiots. The grill dance. Yeah, it's a it is a bulletproof title, but um, uh, Barnes and Noble this year put us back on the list and did end cap order for us. So you know, it's amazing. Sparked life, and we're doing a whole nother press tour right now. You know, I'll tell you the story. So we got we, we became friendly with Eva Longoria. So we did you have her on your podcast? We did, we did, we had her on our podcast, and so we, nobody we, listened. No, no, no. My mom. Does she? Cheryl like, was on there. Does she like bagel? She love man. She loves bagel. Oh. Let's get us some utopia. I want to send this. Dunzio, we'll send you us. My wife, utopia. Okay, we've been watching this. All right, we're gonna make sure we send us some bagels. So we called Eva and said, "Hey, you know, we're gonna do this cookbook." And she goes, "What's it called?" We told her. She goes, "It's perfect for you guys." And we're like, "Great!" She she wrote the foreword for us, which was incredibly honoring and humbling to us. And she's been such a huge advocate of ours and a fan. Where we become friends with her, and it's what she really, said. She did. She no, wrote it for what? It, what did it say? I don't uh, remember, but it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read it yet, but uh, maybe next year. But no, she, that she, is always next year. She she makes fun of she makes fun of the title. And by the way, the the reason why the title of the book is by two idiots, it's actually really intentional from a brand standpoint. Um, you know, it's like we were we're sticking to to our brand, man. I told you. But there you know, when you want to learn how to cook, you want to watch somebody do it that makes you believe that you can do it. And if you watch uh, James Beard, Michelin star chef, working in the kitchen of per se, a $2 million kitchen, and this person graduated top of their class at Culinary Institute of America, and they're cooking a Wagyu steak, you look at that and you're like, this is great content, but I can't do that. And with us, like all joking aside, we want people to watch us and say, if those two idiots can do it, (laughs) I can do it. (laughs) And and, and it's true, it works, you know, so. That's it's perfect for the backyard barbecue. It is. It's perfect for, for what's your favorite dish from the book? Mine is the chicken saltambuca um, because it's. See, it, I love chicken. Well, we love to love show. Chicken, man. Is it really? Guess we know where he. And our buddy over there probably didn't even know it was in our book because he hasn't read it. Yeah. Um, no, but the, the reason why I love that, not only is it amazing. But it shows the capabilities of the grill because we say you can cook anything outside that you can cook inside with the right pans and the right tools. Because um, a, a grill is just a heat source, right? It's not a it's not a cuisine. It's not limited to steaks and burgers and dogs. You can cook anything on there. And the the chicken saltambuca, which is a bone-in chicken that we grill. It's got salt, pepper, garlic, brine. It's got sage under the skin. And then we made a saltambuca compound butter, which is all the traditional flavors that we reduced down. And then uh, render, you know, put it back in the fridge, turn it into butter, and then we hit it with the saltambuca compound butter right when it comes off um, on top of that crispy skin. And it's like all the flavors, but you got crispy skin and super juicy smoky chicken. It's awesome. Yeah. I want that now. So do I. I just talked myself into it. 15 blocks away. Yeah. <laughs> Start cooking, Mark. I, I mean, I like a lot of the breakfast stuff we do. We do a bas chorizo oh. uh, potato frittata. It's finished with arugula salad. They're really, really pretty. Bay loves vegetables. Cook. I fucking do, man. Chicken and vegetables. Cook, cook breakfast outside. Yeah. Cook breakfast outside. Yeah. That's like, because like in, the, in August, right. at night, it's 90 degrees. The mosquitoes are out. It's hot. Everyone's tired. You cook breakfast on the weekend. Oh, it's cool so outside. Beautiful. 
Everyone's still yeah. asleep. Kids are watching cartoons. Got they come over. Oh hell yeah! It's a way into yeah. I, so the other day, I just did it the other day too. I made uh, yeah. 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 So I made a no, mortadella, uh, fried mortadella and bacon fat uh, breakfast sandwich with fried eggs, and I cooked it on the local flat top outside. And right behind, uh, right behind my house is a sidewalk that goes by, and I so you see smells coming off the loco. It's like seven thirty in the morning. A guy's walking back by with his dog. He's like, "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> I can I can hear him because it's only five. Like, you and that's in Boise. It. He went straight down. <laughs> right down, thinner, thinner. Wow. That's it, man. I already said it. My frittata. Yeah, but no, I have no story. The Nelly for time. I have, uh, <laughs> I have so many stories. I'm talking about it's stories for days. That stories give me another beer. That's stories. That's a good beer. You got to drive 15 blocks to get wine in this place. <laughs> well, I tell you, this is a this is a, this is maybe the most fun we've ever had on a podcast. I'm gonna speak for Mark too, because he's typically not funny or fun. This ever. is the best one this week for sure. <laughs> It's the best one today. Yeah. He just comes with his Yankee hat and yells at you the whole time. The whole time. That's all he does, man. It's angry. <laughs> How does one become a grill? Don't pull out. I don't know. How do you? I'm not sure. Hey, you still haven't had the talk with him. Have you not talked to him? We haven't had the yeah, talk. My dad hasn't had the talk about this thing. Come on, man. He's a little old and I have the talk. Oh, my God. Mark, should you do it? You want? We can do it. Dad. Does anyone have a pen and paper I want to drop? No, where's your flip chart? I love that thing. The flip chart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, scratch and sniff. No. But really, the uh, like the grill dad thing. I mean, we talked about the modern dad. Um, but the reason why we specifically started off this brand focused on grilling is because, um, you know, when I grew up in upstate New York, uh, women cooked at home, men cooked in restaurants. First of all, and then the other thing was on the weekends, all my dad, other dads, they go play. They they just worked fifty hours, and then they go off and golf for six hours and play poker after. And um, that doesn't fly anymore. Uh, in general, it doesn't fly with us or our families. It doesn't work. It's not who we want to be. And for us, like grilling is a fun thing that can be not only a hobby, but also to do it. Like, it you're provide, but you're also providing and contributing, yeah. right? So like, the, the, it's so crazy. Like the pandemic even shined a light on this. It's like women they were already expected to work and already expected to be moms and now the pandemic happened and schools closed and and everyone thought the moms would just be the ones teaching the kids um so we we've always said like dads have to do more at home and if you can get something that really solves a major to-do item which is feed the family Especially. and have it become a hobby and a love it's it, that is going to some class to us exactly exactly i fucking love you guys. all right so that is the mission, man. Yeah, because you listen, you're back there slinging all the time, like, right? Making you, you said it at the beginning. Dads get this bad name, like the work you too much, or you don't care about enough. Or, you know what? You the thirty nine homework enough. The thirty ninth most popular holiday is Father's Day. There you go. It's below Arbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking <art>, trees, <laughs> or over us, man. It, you know? At least trees. They produce it. They take carbon out of blah blah. Okay, they're very cool. I I love trees. <laughs> they do serve a pro tree. Sorry, trees. Pro trees. My bad. No, but your <laughs> your point is this is exactly the position we're going to take because it's in it's completely in our DNA to be good fathers. We want to be 
this symbol of pride for our kids and for the community and for honestly, and we're not saying we're better than anybody. We're saying we don't, here's the other thing that kills me. When I see tropes and things that happen in media where it's like the, the wife thanks the dad for babysitting. Wow. You did a great job last night. Thank you so much for baby, babysitting our kids. That absolutely infuriates Mark and I. We've changed as many diapers as our wives have. We've been right. there from day one. And so we want to give that empowerment vibe to modern dads. It's that simple. It's, it's, not, it's, it's more than just cooking. It's, it's more than just but cooking. Not make just a baby. Like, again, you're out at the barbecue. You, you, could, you could bring your son and daughter and, and, and do it next to them also. Get the families involved with it where it... These are important things in family. My son uh, came home. He was doing a school report, and he said, "I, I have an interview. I have to interview you and write a report." He's in third grade, and he said, "What? You, how? What grade were you in when you started learning how to grill?" And I was like, "That the story I told you about my grandfather that was in third grade." I said, "Oh, third grade," and the smile on his face. Ding dong. And it, and so we made a plan. And guess he wanted to. He's like, "I know what I want to grill first." I'm like, "What's that?" He goes, "A smoked pork crown roast." Like what? <laughs> that's a. I would have smacked him in the mouth. That's a two hundred eighty dollar cut of meat, you asshole. Uncle Ryan would have been like, Shh, "Go sit down." Pork make, roast. A, make a cheeseburger. No, but call um, cool Scotty and dopey. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, that was the the first one we did, and we're you know the the next one he wants to do is uh, rack a lamb. I mean, he's really into the. Where is he getting these ideas from? <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder where, Mark. From his real dad. He walks he walk, from his real dad. He, he walks into the backyard. It's the, the grill like pavilion. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Is it? Stupid. Yeah, when he was three, we went to a sushi place in Portland and he ate a $60 salmon sampler. Salmon nigiri sampler himself. I'm like, yeah. this is going to be a problem. Well, my, my, my kid in eighth grade, you know, she, she just graduated eighth grade. She'll make her own charcuterie platter for lunch. With capers and olives and all, and it has to come from the French market and the whole thing. I'm like, man, I am in trouble. This racket better work because I can't afford it. We can't afford to do anything after this job, man. The grill dads. <laughs> that was the best outro of the day for us. The best, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for guys. Thank you for guys. Thank you for guys. Thank, thank you for girls. Now I can well, see why you didn't a, give him much more wine. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming out today. A pleasure. Uh, I love it. And I just like to apologize to whoever wears these headphones next for the ear sweat that's been happening. That's weird. Twenty minutes. That's weird, man. Most people don't sweat out their ears. That's strange. You sweat in your. Do you sweat in your elbow too? Like, what's your deal, man? We had knee sweat. That, one that was weird. That was weird. We both had knee sweat, like actual <laughs> knee sweat. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. could they find you guys? <laughs> uh, you can find us uh, picking Only up trash that. on the side of the freeway. <laughs> And, uh, or bake inside for hot for the heat. Yeah. <laughs> the guy in the morning. Um, at the Grill Dads everywhere. You know, Instagram is primary. Uh, we still answer DMs from everybody. We love What's it. What's our people. MySpace? Is it still? <laughs> we, we're 100% we Friendster. <laughs> and Nap Napster, we turned back Once on. Once Tom befriended right? us, we just bailed on MySpace. He was my first friend, though. Um, so yeah, it's, it's at the Grill Dads. Instagram is the number one thing. Go to our website, thegrilldads.com, though, and sign up for the newsletter. That's where you're going to get all the recipes. And get ready for something called Dad's Guide to the Universe, which is going to be coming out soon. Uh, McGraw over here, we've been filming. We have a brand new brand that we're going to be introducing, which is uh, I think everyone's going to be interested in. Everything and everything, anything and everything you ever want to know that you would ever ask your father about, we're going to cover. And we have, uh, we have, we brought one proof question for you guys. Yeah, you guys, we did. You yeah, guys both one. need to answer it. You ready? 
Can we take black and white cookies with us? <laughs> Holy it, man. It, no, <laughs> that's a win in my book, man. It's a win in my book. If you think that's all you're going home with, you're wrong. Well, hey, you guys, thank you guys so much for great. letting us thank hang you. out. Uh, don't forget, everyone, Utopia Bagels in New York. This is the best place to come. Not just bagels, friendship for life. If you walk in here, we're now friends But it's forever. really about the bagels. Well, we're staying there tonight. Did you tell them that we got kicked out of the... <laughs> All right, we would love it. We're making bagels, man. Let's go, baby. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you. We out. I don't know, but something just doesn't sound right. Is it fake? There's a lot of background air or something. It's a lot more than normal. I think you're just hot. I don't know. Well, that could be a factor. I do smoke a J before every podcast. Uh, I didn't get any pop-up games, so I don't know what's going on around here. What's a little hot? What's a little high? We just said what was a little high. You...